Starting now, brand new Mesefta, Shnaim Eitzin, Betalis. The brand new Mesefta, Bamatsia, brand new Penix, Shnaim Eitzin. Let us begin. Shnaim Eitzin, Betalis, two people are holding on to a garment. Zemrani Mitzasia, Vezemrani Mitzasia. This one, the first litigant says, I found it. And the second litigant says, I found it. Each one is claiming that he is the one who found the Talis. Zemr Kulashali, Vezemr Kulashali. And each one is saying that this is mine. The first litigant has to take a oath that he, he does not have ownership less than half of it. And the second one takes an oath that he does not have ownership of less than half of it. And they divide it. Next case in the Mishnah. The first one says that it's mine. And the second guy says, you're right, half of it is yours. However, the other half of it is mine. So they both agree that half of the cloak belongs to them. Machlaikis is in regards to only the other half. is that the one who says all it's mine, he has to make a shua that he owes at least three parts, in other words, three fourths of the garment. And the one who says half of it is mine, he makes a oath that he does not have ownership. Less than one quarter of it, and then the first guy who says Kulashili takes three parts of it, and the guy uh, for who says Chatzishili makes a shvua and takes one quarter of it. <clears throat> Third case in the Mishnah: If two people were sitting in a riding position on the back of an animal, in other words, a donkey or a camel. Or one was sitting and riding the position of the animal, and one was leading it by its halter. So the first guy says, "This donkey is mine." And the guy, either riding or sitting, says, "Kulishali." So the halach is a yishavash in lebo. So it's the same din as the shnei meichsim betalis, but it's just in regards to. <coughs> The animal. Each one takes a oath that they do not have ownership of less than half of it, and the one that takes an oath uh, that he does not have ownership of less than a half, and they divide it. Last, then, when they admit to the validity of each of the other claims, or when they have each have witnesses attesting to their claims, then Allah is they divide the disputed items without a oath. Um, as we know, a shvua, an oath, is administered only in a case where the parties have no other way to prove their claims. But if they both agree to it, or there's Adam over there, so that shvua is not necessary. Now the Gemara asks, In the first case of the Mishnah, it seems it's saying the same thing, but with extra words. Why does that to say, I found it, I found it, it's mine, it's mine, it's the same thing, listen to the just teach one case. So the Gemara says, Choda Ketani. It teaches, Taka teaches one case. Each one is saying, this is mine, I found it and it's all mine. And the other guy is saying, I found it and it's all mine. So why doesn't the Tana just say, the case of Ani Mitzasi, I found it, and now we know that the Kavana of each litigant is to say that it's his. And for the Gemara, if the Tana would have just said the, the terminology of I found it, I would say that, you know what, the meaning of 
I found it means I saw it. In other words, he's claiming that he saw the item first. Even though he did not actually make a king and he did not actually take possession. Just looking at it, acquiring is enough. So since it would have been possible to think that it's an effective claim, the Tana therefore says, Tana Kulashuli, so therefore the Tana uses the expression of Kulashuli, all that is mine, to tell us that the Briya Lari Kani, to tell us that in actual looking, seeing is not Kaina. Okay, so now the Gemara says that Omi Matsis, my Matsasir but can I really think that the word mitzia mitzia means that you just looked at it, you just saw it? But Ravnai says that the pasuk of umutsasa and you found it means that it actually came into your possession. So when the Torah says the words umutsasa, he found that that refers exclusively to the situation where the item in the possession is of the founder. So I would never have a minute to say. And Mitzvah means Riyah. So the Mara says, In. You're right. According to Torah phrase, and you found that indicates that it came into the possession. But you would say that the Tana used a language of the Mishnah, the way people speak. And once a person sees an item, he says, Ani Ashkich, I found it. Even though it did not come into his possession, because he believes he acquired the item through the sight. Therefore, the Tana uses the expression of Kulashali, all its mind, to teach us that one does not acquire a lost item through just sight alone. So, why not use the terminology of Kulashali and not, you don't need to have the word of Ani Mitzasi, I found it. Now, therefore, he teaches us. If the Tana would have just said Kulashali, I would say that in general, when the Tana teaches the the, the one claims, I found that he means that the found, finder acquires item through mere sight. Tani Animitsasia, so therefore the Tana teaches Animitsasia, and then Vada Tana Kulashali, and then teaches it Kulashali, as because the extra expression teaches us that one does not acquire through sight alone. But can you say that it's really one case? If you look at the terminology of the Mishnah, it's mashman, there's two separate cases. And they answer, they say, the first clause where the party states, I found that it's referring to the case of a Kadi. He says, the first case is talking about a found item where two people find the item, and the later case, which each party says, that's not talking about a metziah, that's talking about mekach ul memkar, that's talking about buying and selling, where each party claims that he is the one who bought it from the seller. So now it's not two separate cases. I, why don't I need to have two separate cases? And where says the tzricha, the tana needs to have the case of metziah and the case of mekach ul memkar. You would think that it's the that the case of the found item alone. I would say that only in that case of the found item, the chachamim imposed an oath upon him. As in that case, one can 
Because I would say in the case of the Mitzia, he can rationalize his action and say, even if I say I found it, I'm not really messing the guy over because he loses nothing by, by if I keep being it at all. Because he had nothing to begin with. Azel eat this for eat, but like bad day, I'll seize it and then I'll divide with him. But buying and selling, the lack of a person cannot say that because he laid out money. I would say the Chacham did not impose an oath upon this person um, because he doesn't make this type of rationalization. And therefore, the Mishnah says, tell me that even in the case of Mecca Chamemkar, he, he has to swear. We turn to Mecca Chamemkar, and if the Tana would only keep the case of buying and selling alone, I would say, I would say that it's specifically in the case that the Chacham, in that case, the Chacham imposed an oath upon him because he can rationalize his actions and say, because I could say the other party gave money to the seller, and I gave money to the seller. Now that I need to, now that I need it for myself, I will take it. And let the other one go the trouble to buy another item like the first item. You can't say that. I'd go and buy it in another place because it's a mitziah. Emelai, I would say that. I would say I I I, the, I I I would say that the chacham does not suspect that he sees an item that did not belong to him, and therefore there's no need to impose the shvua kamash malon that therefore you need in both cases. So the Gemara asks, Mecca Memkar, in regards to buying and selling, simple question. Let us see from whom the seller took the money. Obviously, the one who gave the money is the one who bought it. The Gemara says, the He took money from both of them. He accepted money willingly from one of them, to whom he wanted to sell the item, and he received the money against the will from the person that he did not want to sell the item. But he did not know from whom he took the money willingly and who he took the money against the will. So now it needs to be clarified by an oath. Okay, now the Lord says, Lame Masis in the Lake of Bananas, let us say that our mission is not according to bananas. Why? The bananas, Omar, why? Because bananas, he says, that the Shua is not administered to two parties in Bazdin, but one of them is certainly lying. Why? Because we have like this. So he says, Kate said, Elo, Elo, Bain, the Shua Shav. Now, just to give a Hakadomo, it stated in the Mishnah with regards to that case where a man said to his worker, Go to the storekeeper and he will give you food. In, 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 instead of your salary. Sometimes labor, sometime later, the laborer claimed that the storekeeper did not give him anything while the storekeeper claimed he did. So the Chacham say the storekeeper and the laborer must take an oath to support their claim and the employer has to pay. He gets messed over. And what now? What does Banana say? Banana says, How can... These people, in other words, the labor and those people, the storekeepers, that come to to take an oath in vain, since one of them is definitely lying, the hachamim would not impose the taking of an oath by the definition. By definition, must because one of it's going to be false. Similarly, in the case of the Mishnah, since the found item is divided between the parties in any case, according to the opinion of Bananas, they should receive their portion without taking a shvua, because you have invited the problem of um, they're going to come to shvua shav. So where it says, I feel the bananas. You could even say that our Mishnah goes in accordance with the opinion of bananas. Also, vada There, in the case of the laborer and the storekeeper, the oath is certainly taken in vain because one of somebody is lying. However, but here, there is room to say that there is no oath taken in vain 
Because you could say that they are taking an oath truthfully and they lift the item together and therefore each of them owes half. And they both, when they say that we get it, each one thinks that they got it first. Okay, so now the Lord says, Shall we say that the Mishnah is not in accordance with Sumchas? Why? Because if it's in accordance to the opinion of Sumchas, Omar of Sumchas says, He says that in the case of property of uncertain ownership, like this case, they divide it without a Shua. They say that the burden of proof rests upon the claimant. In the case of the Mishnah, neither side offers proof. So the Chayda, it can't go not according to Sukhas, not according to the Chachamim. So my answer is, Hi, my, what comparison? How can you compare it? If you say, granted, according to the Chachamim, that, uh, that, um, there, in the case of the property of uncertain ownership, where both parties are not grasping the power property, the Chacham say that the burden of proof rests upon the claimant. Hacha, but here, in the case of the Mishnah, the Tavayah, Tavsi, Pagalibeshua, here, where both of them are grasping the properties and either has exclusive possession of the item, they divide it without taking an oath. But if you say, in the case of Sumchas, where both of them are not holding on to it, the Dinis Cholkim Leshua, they divide it without a shua. So for sure, in the case where they're both holding on to it, like also again, doesn't it make sense that they should divide it without taking a shua? And for the Gemara, I feel the same as sumchas. You can even say sumchas ki amar sumchas shema v'shema. When does sumchas say this? When it's uncertain and uncertain. But over here, I have a body by body. Lay amar sumchas does not say that they divide the property that in a in a in a case where it's certain claim and a certain claim where each party states definitely that they that he is entitled to the property. Sumchas does not say that they divide the property without taking a shua. According to Rabbi Barahuna, he says that Sumchas will hold that even in the case of body with body, uh, the parties divided without a shvua. What are you going to say to establish the mission according to it, the opinion of Sumchas? So the says, "I feel the same as Sumchas. When does Sumchas say that the property of uncertain ownership is divided? He is referring to a case where the litigants have financial association with the item, independent of their claim." But where the litigants do not have financial association with the item beyond their claims, then lay they do not divide the without a shua. In a case where where this master has financial association with the item, and this master has financial association with the item, and there's room to say that it belongs entirely to one of them. And there's room to say that it belongs entirely to one of them. And nevertheless, what does the say? He says that when you have a certain ownership, they divide it without an oath. Where the litigants have no financial association with the item, there's to say that it belongs to both of them. Does that not make sense to say that they should divide it without a shua? My answer is, I feel the same as Sumchas. You can even say that the Mishnah is according to Sumchas. Shua azu midrabonnik, Omer te the Rebbe Yechlan. This Shua was instituted midrabonnan. The Rebbe Yechlan Shua is the Kadosh of Chomim. Why? The Chacham instituted this Shua so that everyone will not go and seize the garments of another and say, It is mine.